Welcome to this week's sermon from Spark. We are a community who believes we are deeply loved by God and seek to welcome, support, love, and serve every person we meet. We hope this message has something for you today. Gonna need some assistance today, so I have to bring my friend up here on stage. So our scripture passage today, oh sorry, I didn't mean y'all, I meant that this, this is our assistance. Um, but I appreciate your willingness. So today our scripture passage is coming from kind of the end of the book of Luke. And it's important for you to know what's happening right before we read our passage for today. So right before we read our passage, this is coming towards the end of Jesus's life. And he gathers with his disciples and they go to the garden of Gethsemane, which is a garden that would have been filled with olive trees. And this was a place that Jesus and his disciples gathered more than once. Like it was kind of their, get their, their hangout. It was where they would get together and meet, where Jesus would talk to them. It was their place. And so Jesus went there with them, and he walked away for a minute to go pray by himself. And while he was praying by himself, the disciples fell asleep because it says that they were so filled with grief. They were sad. They were heavy with the things that they had been told were about to take place. And Jesus goes away and he spends some time praying to God, asking God to take this cup from him. And what he meant by that was kind of take away this responsibility that he knew that he was going to have and on the outcome of the events that were about to take place, which were that he was going to be arrested and crucified and die, right? And so he's praying to God. And it says in the scriptures that while he's praying, the Holy Spirit fills him with strength and with assurance that he can make it through this really difficult thing that he's being, um, that is about to happen. And so he just finishes praying that prayer, asking God to kind of relieve him of this responsibility, and he goes back out into the garden to meet with his disciples, and they're asleep. And so he wakes them up, and he was like, you need to be praying, not sleeping. You need to be preparing your hearts and your minds and all of yourself for what's about to happen. And as he's saying this, this is what happens. We're in Luke chapter 22. If the slide, there you go. Um, Blake, can you cl click through the slides? Because these are last week's that I somehow have on my thing. Nope, that's not it. Did I not upload it correctly? Yay. It's Luke 22, verses 47 to 53. I'll just grab a Bible. Sorry, friends. I thought I had set them up. I might have not dragged the, the um, presentation I made. There we go. While Jesus was still speaking, a crowd appeared. So he, when it says while he's still speaking, he's still talking to the disciples about, hey, y'all should be praying, not sleeping. Stuff's about to happen. You need to be prepared. So while he was still speaking, a crowd appeared, and the one called Judas, the disciple Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. And what that means is, you know how some families, like when you meet each other and you hug each other, they do the kiss on either side of their cheek? That's just a greeting. So he approached Jesus to greet him. 
And Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the human one with a kiss? And when those around him recognized what was about to happen, they said, Lord, should we fight with our swords? And one of them struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. And Jesus responded, stop, no more of this. And he touched the slave's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come to get him, have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a thief? Day after day, I was with you in the temple, but you didn't arrest me. But this is your time when darkness rules. So what we see happening is that this is the moment where Jesus is arrested, right? And he's talking with his disciples, and all of a sudden this crowd comes in, and they have come to arrest Jesus. And the crowd consists of a lot of the religious leaders of the time. That's what that, the high priests and the temple guards and all those people. And they come at night to arrest Jesus. And that last comment that Jesus makes to them is like, is kind of calling them out on their cowardice. Like you come at night when no one's around, you didn't have the courage to arrest me in public because you knew that what you're doing is wrong, right? But we're gonna read this passage or think about it in a different way because when we read scripture, one of the ways that we can help it to come alive for us, because sometimes we can read that story, right? And we're like, okay, that's kind of an interesting story. Some guy got his ear cut off, that's pretty crazy, and just kind of close our Bible and be done with it. But a way to really engage with the Bible is to place ourselves in the story, to imagine ourselves as one of the different characters in the scene that we just read. And so we're gonna do that, and we're gonna set the scene. So it's nighttime. You can listen, you can hear the crickets chirping. And we're in the garden, right? And we have our flames on the screen to so kind of the crowds that were coming in, they probably had torches to be able to see by, right, as they're coming in at nighttime, so that's why there's flames. But I want us to put ourselves in the shoes of a couple of different characters. And the first person we're gonna step into is the disciple, right? So imagine you're a disciple of Jesus, right? You've been following Jesus around for about three years now. You've seen him teaching lots and lots of people. You've seen him heal lots of people. You've been with him through all kinds of things. And then you come into this garden, and this is after Jesus has started saying some kind of strange stuff that you don't really understand about how he's gonna die. And it's kind of weighing heavily on you because this is your friend, right? And he's talking about these things that are gonna happen, and you don't understand why he's talking about them. But yet, here you are in the garden, and it's been a really long day, and it's been a really long week, and so you just lay down to take a nap while Jesus goes over to pray. And then when you wake up, Jesus is kind of scolding you about what it means to prepare your heart for all the things that are about to happen. And as he's speaking, all of a sudden this crowd appears, this big crowd. And you recognize some of the faces in, in the crowd as people from the temple. How would you feel when you saw this crowd kind of appear in the garden? And they would have torches and, and some of the scriptures that tells us that they probably had weapons. How would you feel? Shout it out. Scared, Scared depressed, overprotective. Anything else? Worried. Scared, worried, right. There's these people that are coming in. And so it says that they, the disciples, they looked at Jesus and is like, is now the time? Like, do we need to pull out our swords? 
And before Jesus can even answer, this is one of the people in the crowd, FYI. You pull out your sword, and you strike one of the servants, right? And his ear falls off. You've cut off this person's ear. How would you feel in that moment? Scared? Afraid? Sad, right? Because this person, you just hurt this person. Angry? Because you respond that way, right? Because you said you were afraid, you were feeling protective. Like this, these people are coming for Jesus and he's been your friend this whole time and so you want to defend him. And then you realize what you've done, right? That this person is now wounded and you're probably anxious because you look around and you wonder if you've just started a fight, right? Because all these other people have their swords and things. But then you hear Jesus yelling, stop, right? And don't do this. And then you watch as Jesus comes up to this person that you've wounded and heal their ear. How do you feel when you watch Jesus do that? Happy, weird, brave, breathed out, inspired. Inspired because he put his ear back on. Surprise, that's a good one, yeah. Empowered. Yeah, I think I would feel a little relief, right? Because I just did a thing and then like, oh gosh, what, is gonna, what are the consequences of that? And now Jesus has healed this man again. Surprised, I think, is another really good description of that. So as we place ourselves in the shoes of a disciple, we can imagine a little bit more about this story and how it would have felt, right? And a lot of times when we read this passage, we imagine it from the perspective of this disciple, right? The person who is feeling attacked by this crowd of people and so they're gonna defend Jesus or we might even see them as foolish because they act out in violence and we know that Jesus is not a person of violence. We focus a lot on this person and maybe something about what we just shared, it connected with you because maybe you've been in a place where you've been afraid or felt like people were kind of coming at you or felt the need to protect yourself or other people. But I want us to put ourselves in the shoes of one other person. And so I'm gonna trade places with my potato here. So what if I am the servant whose ear gets cut off? How would this story be different for me? So imagine, it says that I'm a servant of the high priest. Okay, a high priest would have been one of the like high-ranking pastor people in the temple. So they would have been one of the people that did a lot of the rituals that were reserved for very specific people. They were high-ranking, they were very important. So I'm a servant of the really important pastor guy, right? And I've been told and I've overheard from my master, the high priest, that this man, Jesus, that we're going to arrest tonight is very dangerous. And he's not dangerous because he's violent, but he's dangerous because he's recruiting a bunch of people to follow him and saying that he's the son of God, which see, goes against my religion or my faith, or the faith of the high priest, because we don't really know what the servant believes, right? But that he is a threat to their faith, to their religion. 
because he's recruiting people to follow him. And he's spreading this lie that he is the son of God. And so when I am going this night to arrest this man, how do you think I'm feeling? Nervous? Mad? Scared? Aggressive? Worried? Maybe I'm confident that I feel like I'm doing the right thing, right? Because this person is a threat to my faith or the faith of the person that I serve. And so I come with the crowd and we brought some weapons with us because we don't really know how this is gonna shake down. But when we get there, we get to the garden and we see this man, Jesus, this person that I've been warned about, this dangerous man, and he's got a few of his followers with him. And what do you think I think when I see him? There he is, go get him, right? And then as I'm coming up, there's this interchange that happens between Judas and Jesus. You see the disciples start to kind of get up and get defensive. And next thing I know, I feel a sharp pain on the side of my head. And I maybe go to touch my head and you like there's blood on my hand, right? Or all of a sudden I can't hear as well as I thought I could. How do you think I'd feel when that was happening? Scared, angry? Pain, right, the, there's a big fight that's about to happen, all of that. But then before I can really kind of maybe fully understand all that's happening, right, because like I imagine this person would be pretty shocked if their ear's not on their head anymore, right, and they're kind of like freaking out, trying to figure out what's going on, and they maybe see blood, but that's all that they really know. Before we can really understand, you might hear a muffled, because remember, if I can't hear out of one ear, it might be a real faint, like, stop, and you notice that everybody else around you kind of freezes. And next thing you know, that man, that person who you was, were told was dangerous, who was a threat to you and to your faith, he all of a sudden comes up to you and places his hand on the side of your head. And all of a sudden, the pain that you're feeling goes away and you can hear well again. And so you might touch your ear. Go, oh, it's there. How would I feel in that moment? Relieved grateful, grateful, confused, I'd be super confused, nervous. So yeah, this guy that you were told was super dangerous all of a sudden comes up and heals you. You're supposed to be his enemy. It's a good question. We don't know. So at the end of this, so when we read this and we put ourselves in the other people's shoes, did maybe you relate to some of what the servant experienced? Maybe you have um, been hurt by other people before, or maybe you have experienced unexpected kindness from someone before, right? And so when we place ourselves in the shoes of the people in the story, it kind of brings it to life for us in a new way, right? We don't know what happens really with the servant after this. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I could imagine if it were me and I'd had that kind of experience that I might walk away thinking some different things about Jesus than I did when I first met him, right? And I might, as the disciple, be reminded of what Jesus is really about and that Jesus offers me forgiveness even when I kind of do a knee-jerk reaction by swiping with my sword. Because even though both of these people, they made some mistakes, right? The, the disciple makes the mistake by just 
responding with violence, and the servant has made a mistake by judging Jesus as being someone that he's not. But no matter what's happening with these two characters, what we're seeing is that Jesus doesn't change what he does, right? That Jesus is still the same person who heals and teaches and redeems everyone around him, right? He takes this moment to say, stop, like this is not about the violence. Stop, I'm going to heal this person who technically in this moment might be my enemy. And he still teaches everyone around him what it means for him to be the son of God, right? Even in the middle of a moment where people are trying to arrest him, he's seeking to save them and to heal them. And so as we read this story, as we imagine ourselves in these places, we can imagine what that might mean for us. We can say, well, if Jesus is willing to heal the person's ear after I've cut it off, that means that in my life, when I make mistakes and I lash out, that Jesus can come in and redeem my mistakes. Or when I am hurt, even if I haven't gotten it right, or even if I've even positioned myself as being against Jesus, that Jesus would still offer me healing, right? And that's good news, amen, friends? It's a good news for us because it shows us that even when we make mistakes, Jesus doesn't change. Jesus remains steadfast, and his love and his care for us continues. And now what is important for us as we encounter these stories and as we learn more about Jesus is that we have to allow ourselves to be changed by what we learn and what we hear and what we see and what we experience, right? Because the disciple learned a lesson in that moment. And, from, if, and, and in that moment, even after Jesus said stop, he could have just kept going, right? But he stopped. He heard what Jesus was speaking. And we don't know what happened with the servant. We don't know if he ended up being part of the crowd that shouted crucify him a couple days later. We don't know that his life was changed. But he had an opportunity here. He had an encounter here where it was a chance for him to experience change. And so every time we come to worship, every time we pray, every time we read our Bible, every time we look out in nature and say, wow, God is good and God created this and it's beautiful, every time we have an encounter with God, it's an opportunity for us to be changed and transformed. I know that Mr. Blake on Sundays, a lot of times at the end of service will say things like, in his prayer, you've probably heard him say this, that when we leave this place, we'd be different people than we walked in. You remember him saying that sometimes? Yeah, and that's because when we have these encounters, we're changed. A lot of times, people think that being a Christian or being part of a religion is about following a list of rules, which is really frustrating to me as a pastor, right? It's not about like that we don't curse or that we don't steal or we don't lie, we don't, right? I could have this long, long list of all the things we don't do. And that's not really what it's about. It's really about having our hearts transformed and changed to become more and more like Jesus. Because guess what? When I become more and more like Jesus, I don't tell people to F off. You know why? Because I have respect and love for my neighbor. It's because of this transformation in me. I don't do that because it's a rule to follow and a checklist to check. I do that because I'm being changed to be more and more like Jesus, to love myself, to love my neighbor, to love the world, and to help spread God's love everywhere I go. So when we come here and we experience this resurrection, 
we've been talking about for the past several weeks, we've been talking about how we get new life. And that's what I mean by that, is every time we have an encounter with God, we get a little bit of a new life, a little bit of change, a little bit of Jesus. And we're transformed over time, little by little, as we walk this journey of faith. And so it's not about following rules, it's about a heart change, and a mind change, and a soul change, right? It's about becoming more and more like Jesus. And so when we allow the, the words that we hear, the songs that we sing, the things that we encounter in the world that we can say, wow, that's God, that's what changes us. That's what transforms us. And so our question today is how, after hearing all these different stories about resurrection where we say that we are worthy, right? That was the very first week we were talking about being worthy or not worthy, where we talked about being bound up by things and freed like Lazarus, where we talked about how God sees us like he saw the 10 lepers and healed them, where we talk about being able to see fully instead of halfway, and where we talked about last week about Jesus overcoming anything that stands in our way. How? are you gonna allow what you've been hearing and learning and seeing and experiencing to change you, to transform you? There's no like one size fits all answer to that. Maybe for some of you it means you're gonna try praying. Maybe you haven't prayed before. Maybe it means that you are going to choose to follow God and Jesus for the first time in your life. Maybe it means that you're gonna look around in your life and be able to say, wow, that looks like God at work in my life or I see God in that person. Maybe it means that you're gonna serve somebody without expecting anything in return. How it looks for each of you is gonna be different. But the point of this series, the point of us coming into worship is not just for it to be like a half hour entertainment opportunity. It's to hear God speaking to us and to allow that to change us. So how are you gonna allow God to give you new life today and every day. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for your mercy and your grace, and we recognize that we don't deserve it, but that, God, you don't measure our worthiness in the same way that we do. You see each of us as worthy. And so when we make mistakes, God, we pray that we would be able to recognize them and confess them to you so that you can redeem us and forgive us and make us whole. God, we pray for the people who we may have hurt that you would do that same healing work in their lives. God, we pray for each of us and the wounds that we might carry around today that you would step in and speak words of comfort and peace to our hearts and our minds and our bodies. God, we pray that you would move by your Holy Spirit in our hearts and stir us to see the ways that you're changing us and transforming us to look more and more like Jesus every day. Give us the courage to be people who step out in faith. We ask all of this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, follow the link in the description below. Peace be with you. And